podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Exciting times in FPL. We're in the run of chips, the doubles, relegation, teams on the beach, alongside a title run, top four race. You're on wild card. Here we are, baby. Here we are. Yeah, this should be fun finish, hopefully. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if this week went a little bit better, it'd be a little bit more of a fun finish, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so where are you at? Where are you at this week? So, I mean, I had a huge captain miss on Callum. I mean, his XG was like 0.75, I think. He had and, two you know, very big chances. Yeah, I, it was the same thing last week. He had like another extremely big chance that he missed. So that didn't go well. Um, I inappropriately identified that Bournemouth would score goals at home to Burnley. So that was on me, hands, hand in head, hand on whatever, hand else places. <laughs> um, I mean, realistically, I probably would have Captain Mane if I didn't Captain Callum. So got an extra little cheeky point there. But, you know, Haz came in today with the business, 16 points, uh, brace and Chelsea looking good by all accounts. So. Was not anywhere near that captaincy for me, but I'm just happy that I, at least I owned him. So, oh, our still isn't updated, and we'll we'll see where the chips for as at the time of us recording. So I'll, I'll find out where the chips fall. But I'm certainly on a red arrow with 47 points. Yeah, probably not too bad a red arrow. Yeah. And that ke- Kepa in for Heaton was a nice little transfer for you. Nice little net yeah, gain. Yeah, right I, I got an extra few points there instead of going for Schmeichel. So I got went with the bookie odds there and got that right. Um, you know, it's just obviously not ideal when I'm fielding 11 with basically a free, like a complete free hit, free transfer over there to just do on goalkeeper. My team looked like on paper that good. To end up with a red arrow is not great. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because we were both shouting Vardy as our favorite captain. If we both had yeah. the money, if either of us had the money, we were both saying we definitely would have gone there. And of course, he just fucking hauls and flies. Yeah, and and I think in a, I mean, I I was just so big missing all over the place. I mean, Liverpool did win three to three one, but you know they I I thought that would be a tight game, which it kind of was. So that was you know kind of low scores around there, but. I really was surprised that we went up to Newcastle and won one nil. Newcastle's performance was really bad. Um, I think they were on like a four or five game winning streak at home, um, and they were just horrible. They were profligate in front of goal, and you know we did them with our only shot on target. I think was the pen. So that the Lascelles and Rondon two and two was not something I expected at all. Yeah, the so, you know. Palace XG in that game was zero point one outside the pen. Yeah, I like, mean, I was, we were. I mean, I as I shouted, we were yeah. not going to play, but I didn't expect us to clean, especially when we finished the game with the center back pairing of Dan and Kelly. Oh, I'm man. like, hello, hey guys. So City licking tells, their chops at that center back pairing. Yeah, I mean, that maybe tells you a little bit about what Newcastle's up against in the run in, but. 47 for me, so right out. I will see where I fall, probably in the 50k region or so. Um, how about you? Um, I finished on 51, so probably a small green. Feels a lot worse than a small green because before today I was on like a 50k green and then Hazard just stuck it in me. 
Teddy KGB style, sticking it straight in. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it was a mad week. I, I, I missed some stuff. Capsula was was fine, but obviously I don't have Has or Vardy. So like, I guess I f- should feel lucky, fortunate, whatever, to just be on a green without those players in general. But, you know... Since I wildcarded, this is kind of the first stretch of like blanks and doubles and chips that we just ended. And I wildcarded before it, and I'm up like 100K places since my wildcard. So that's good. But for me, now without wildcard, the hard part kind of starts now, and I have to work on that and finishing well and, and nailing my other chip. So a lot to look forward to. It's going to be difficult, and I'm definitely going to be on a lot of hits, but I feel pretty pretty decent right now. Yeah, hits are fun, right? Yeah, Ashley Barnes, we forgot to mention, with a fucking three-point haul again for us, you know. He's a fucking piece of shit, dude. I'm so, I can't, I'm, I'm so happy that I don't have him anymore. Yeah. I mean, I transferred out 14 players on my 15. The only player I still have is Robbo. Amazing. Felt felt good. Yeah. Ah, oh, wild card is such a fun time to be alive. I'm just like X X. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. I hate you. You can die. You can die. <laughs> that was nice. Uh, that's great. Um, right. Let me shout out the FMLFL Prize League slash Mug League leader for April so far. I believe we, shit hasn't updated yet, but I'm pretty sure it's Roland Cook, aka Insane in in de mend Bruin. It's such a mouthful. I, I can't get behind that. Shout out to Goal Scorers Challenge League leader so far. Still Magic Mike, but Matt Doherty past Scotty pulls into second place. Shout out to the top of the FMLFL Public League, Sil Pajolski, I think. And lastly, just wanted to shout out the the two boys in the cup, the two finalists in the FMLFL Cup. Duking it out over GameX 34 and 35. David J, aka Don't Call Me Nabby, totaled 174 points in the last two game weeks to to get through. And out in fucking triple capped has this week, totaled 181 in the semifinals. Flying, both teams kind of flying at the moment, so it should be a good finals. Good job by you guys. All right, dude. There's so much shit to talk about. Um, <laughs> you're on wild card. There's a lot of uh, top teams to talk about. There's non-doubling teams to talk about. There's fucking everything ever. Is there anywhere particular that you want to start? I mean, maybe we could just start with what's in front of us, and that's like Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. Is that, is Brighton. that too anticlimactic? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's almost like getting it out of the way, sort of. But it, yeah, Brighton, yeah. for those who don't know, Brighton... Are doubling in game week thirty four and thirty five, and Cardiff are doubling in thirty four, not thirty five. Yeah, so I mean, I think we're gonna have to just disclaimer that we're gonna be going back and forth to like talking about players who are in wild card consideration, and then like if you have a free transfer or whatever, you're taking hits. Like, I guess you could just kind of listen to who we like or who are up high or down on, and make your you know make your inferences from there, but. I mean, from Brighton, outside of like Ryan, and I'm seeing Duffy in nearly every team. I, I guess Dunk to a lesser degree. Is there anyone on that team that you're interested in? There's really not a single attacker that I'm interested in. And Mary fucking Poppins on Slack said, "Although you hate Brighton, which good job of you nailed that. At least one or two options at the back slashing goal seem good for the doubles." And then Ricky Chubbs on Slack said, "A lot of wild card questions here that are focusing on on." 
game week 35, double game week. I feel like we need to talk about the double game week in 34, Cardiff slash Brighton, skinny. I've had tinkers with five players, Etheridge, Duffy, Dunk, Camarasa, Murray, and some with just two with Duff, Duff and Cam talk to us. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen Murray shouts and, like, Kanak Air shouts and... Grob might be fit, but he's off injury, so hard to imagine he plays both. I I just don't like any Brighton attacker to start both. That's really where I'm at, so I don't yeah, see the uh, point. I mean, I'm one million percent in agreement there. Um, Knocker, like he's five two now, so if you look at the fact that he has four games in in two game weeks, and you're hoping to hit like 120 minutes for both the doubles, that's one thing you can look at based on his price and who else you can get there, but. His stats have been pretty bad, and all he seems to do is dive these days. So I just don't even think he's good. Period. So. I, would, I would almost rather have like Stevens than Knock, and just put Stevens in as my fifth midfielder. He's a million cheaper. And well, if you're going Stevens, and you might as well get Camarasa. Yeah, true. But Stevens yeah. at least has the double double, so he'll probably get four yeah. points in in each game week. But yeah, Camarasa is way better. And actually a good attacker. And, you know, Cardiff are very likely to get relegated, but they're absolutely fighting for their lives. I mean, they had their yeah. doubles away, Burnley away, Brighton. Those are both gigantic six-pointers. They could drag yeah. both of those teams kind of back into the relegation race a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, they could win both those games. They, can, they could definitely win both those games. They've yeah. been really inconsistent and mostly bad away from home, but I, I do think it's a giant factor of their status on the table and then they're not going to just settle for like a nil-nil which is what they've been doing for the majority of the season especially away from home with just no attacking at all I think they're the type of team that are going to just fucking go balls to the wall to try and get wins because it's the only chance they have of staying up so yeah but their their problem again is just all their players suck ass and yeah. you know who do you want I mean Kamarasa for the one week pun is fine but then they have a really bad 35 fixture I know a lot of folks are still looking to bench boost in 35 I mean maybe you could look at a bench boost in a different week I don't know but I mean I don't really see much for Cardiff and then I mean I want to come back to Brighton defense just for a minute before we move on to brighter and more fun things to talk about but you know Ryan He's got the two homes in 34, which look fine. I'm not expecting a clean sheet in the 35 double with two aways, but I mean, what, you know, it's really, you're buying him for the double in 34 and hope, you know, you get maybe like nine points. That would be kind of best case scenario. He's 4-4, you know, he's, I guess, competing with like Gunn, who, you know, again, doesn't have a double now, but you can also just, if you have Loris or you have, you know, I mean, Allison's Chelsea suddenly aren't like terrible, but you know, if you have Allison or Ederson, you can start Ederson. So, you know, I'm not putting like too much stock into just looking at this 34 and like Ryan's great and then he has another double and like I'm going to get Ryan and like Leno and they don't keep cleans away. Like I still like the idea of getting like an actual goalkeeper from a good team. Yeah. A good defensive team. But I mean, I, I, I think Ryan's is pretty obvious of an, a wild card pick at least. What do you, what do you think? The thing with Ryan that I suffered over last double gaming when I went with him is that, I don't know, I kind of just got lazy, I guess, and didn't really like look at the stats. And yeah, he missed four games for the Asian games this, this season, but he's nowhere near the top of the saves chart. Like he, It's a myth that just because he's on a bad team that he gets a lot of saves. They block a lot of shots sort of more in the Burnley mold. So... 
I mean, just look at him recently. I mean, his last three games are one save, one save, two saves, and no cleans. You know, so that's not great. I prefer, I think I prefer if I'm just going with one Brighton defender, one, you know, whatever. I prefer Duffy because he has the goal threat and he's very good on bonus. So if you're if you're looking at, like, yeah, maybe Brighton have the upside of probably just one clean because they're bad. Duffy has a better chance of spiking like an eight, nine, ten pointer in in those games than Ryan does, who again doesn't get a lot of saves, doesn't get much bonus. So yeah. I, I, yeah, like I like Duffy. I like that. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I like that. I guess it's it's a little bit to, to also depending on what formation you're looking to run yeah. because you're gonna want to hide either of these players outside of thirty four and thirty five. You're not gonna want to start them again probably. So I mean, depending on the formation, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Duffy, like you mentioned, the bonus, the, the goal threats there with him and. I, I would caution people against getting both. I think people are getting a little bit carried away um, because they have like so many games. But I just want everyone to remember that this is Brighton and Hove Albion. They are have been consistently one of the worst teams in the, in, in the Prem, and I, I don't think that it looks great to be loading up on two, let alone three players. Yeah, and and one more thing on them, and this is kind of a new thing for you and me that we've I think learned over the course of this season is that, yes, their defensive underlying stats at home are very, very good, like top five good, I think, last time I looked. But their players are bad, and they're really bad, and that matters. And, you know, Wolves are kind of the prime example of this season. Like, underlying stats, they're the third best defense in the league, like, easily. But... That doesn't really translate necessarily to clean sheets all the time because their defenders are bad and make mistakes and their goalkeeper's bad. And Brighton, I feel like, are sort of similar. It's like, yes, they're going to block a lot of shots, limit chances, be tough to break down at home. Just because they're underlying stats, I still don't back them for cleans pretty much ever. And especially in in you know the Cardiff fixture, which normally would be you know the best or second best to Huddersfield best clean shot of the season, like I mentioned before, Cardiff are going to be fucking going for this. They're not going to just like lay down and take a nil nil or whatever. So it draws a bad result for Cardiff. Yeah, draws a your relegated yeah. result. So I yeah. don't really see much joy in Brighton. I agree with you. I would probably just go Duffy if I was on Wildcard, but I'm not. So. Okay. Um, Car- I mean, Cardiff, we talked about Camarasa, but that's, that's enough about these two shitty-ass teams, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's decent on that. Um, maybe we should talk about Arsenal, because we were pretty relatively high on, on OBS, Laka, Cola, on last pod. I, and n- neither of us were really backing any of the midfielders. I know some people, like, punted on Rambo and stuff like that, but... They got completely demolished by Everton. That really should have been a three or four nil. And they created nothing and looked terrible away from home, which they've been doing consistently all season. So Mishkan Slack wrote in, so talk to me about OBS. Do I keep faith till the end of the season? And Jono on Slack, how much does the Everton result affect Arsenal assets going forward? Is there too much being made about away form? Also, is Cola maybe not so attractive for the wild card anymore? I mean, I, I think it's yes to all. It's like all of the above. Yeah. Um, there, there is not too much being made of the away form. It's just looking at objective fact, and then also looking at the fixtures that they have remaining, and basically all of them are away. Yeah. So that that really matters. Um, I mean, if the fixtures were inverse and they had four homes and two aways, 
then I would feel a lot better about maybe punting on a player or two. But I mean, honestly, the the Aubameyang thing is just it's a little bit beyond my scope as how I understand football. Um, I mean, I know that they have a very difficult Europa couple games coming up with Napoli, but I mean, the player's been rested pretty much the last month outside of him going to international duty, and you know he's a world class footballer. And when they've looked this bad away from home, I mean, there's clearly some type of tactical thing that's just I just don't understand about he doesn't like him on the left or he doesn't like both of them up top. I mean, I I don't understand it. It's it's just one of those like if Pep was benching KDB for two months while he's fit, I, I don't I don't know or Sané I mean, like he did. Yeah, like he does. I mean, it's you know it's just trying to draw a comparison to it. I, I it's just I just don't understand it. So. We've gone into we've 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 been here before where we're like surely Aubameyang's going to start next game. I, we both expected it for Everton. Like he's fresh. I mean, why would he not start? Like Everton or Everton, and you need three points in this game. So how could you not start this player? And he just fucks us all off and doesn't start the player. And you know the midfield was a big problem. Obviously, no no Shaka and, and no Rambo in there. I mean, El No Terrera too. No Terrera. Sorry, that's yeah, who I meant. I mean. El Nenny shouldn't be. He, I don't think he would get in the Brighton team. I, I don't understand how he's even on the books for them. I mean, they bought Suarez. He doesn't play. I don't know what he's up to. It's just you know, it's it's a, a bit of a mess. I think um, you know, Ozil just was invisible. Um, the defense was just all sorts. I mean, Mustafi's a shocking player. Kashelny's hurt. I mean, Kalasinac getting subbed off tactically. It's it's just a complete wreck. I mean, Laka had like no chances. They just couldn't get him the ball. They they just couldn't get the ball. Period. They were even worse in the second half somehow. Yeah, after. It, it wasn't a competitive game. No, there's it wasn't. It was that, not remotely. Yeah, there's a myth that like yeah, yeah they turned around second half. There really were two very small windows of time when Arsenal looked good, and it was. Right at the beginning of the second half, when Rambo injected a lot of energy and looked like that was like five minutes. Yeah, it was like five to ten minutes yeah. of him just coming in. He clearly wasn't fit because he only lasted five or ten minutes, and he was really good <laughs> and energetic and like dribbling and beating people. Blah, blah blah. And then at the end of the game, when they brought a on, who was also just for you know five ten minutes, like the most energetic, creative, beating people on the dribble, like doing stuff. And outside of that, it was complete domination from Everton. So. I mean, Everton have been really good lately, we should add, but I, I still just am like, if Arsenal, Arsenal's home record is so out of control good this season, I mean, they're, they have so many points at home and tied with Liverpool and only City ahead of Liverpool and Arsenal for their home points, that you know that their squad is capable of beating all of these teams, they should be beating all of these teams, and I don't know what it is, but it must be like mentality or something. But they're fucking just utter trash away from home. And now Socrates, by far their best defender, with suspended. is suspended for two games. It just seems like a fucking disaster. Yeah, and you know the other thing, I'm still seeing people like, oh, Cole is still fine. He's only five. Like, you do also need to just take a look at the fixtures for a second, right? The 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 next four, they're at Watford, at Wolves, at Leicester, and then Home Palace. Those are three difficult away games. I mean, none of those are going to be easy games. Very I mean, difficult away games. Those, yeah, I mean, that's we, the seventh, eighth, ninth best teams in the league. Yeah, and I mean, we just saw what they did against Everton. Like, those are going to be similar challenges. With the two Europa games also, I mean, they have five games in basically a two-week span. So in addition to only two days off between the 35 fixtures for the double... 
that's all I'm going to say. I mean, you you understand the risks when you look at that many games, and you have someone who, even when they have a full week off, you have no fucking idea what team he's going to play, let alone right. formation. Right. I'm nowhere near Arsenal. Yeah, I just don't except, see it. Except I do have a Wobie in my team right now. Whoa. Explain that. <laughs> go on. Go on. Um, I mean, I I love. I should preface this with I love a and think he's been like arguably their player this season. But go on because he does. He he doesn't start. No, he doesn't start. I, basically, what it came down to is I have like JWP, Redmond, and Ducore in my midfield already, and I didn't have a lot of money for that spot and. I was just looking at the, you know, basically five, five midfielders and below. I, I didn't have enough for Jerry D, who I think is a trap, and I'm sure we'll get on to Watford soon in the in the first place. And Awobes, like if he played 105 minutes in the double, which, you know, he probably will because they have fucking 5,000 games. Yeah. I'll happily take that. I mean, yeah, he's going like to be on the bench. He should start one and probably come off the bench in the other. Yeah. yeah. He's my 15th player. Like he's third on my bench every week. But, you know, just looking at that. Bench boost like thirty five, you know. I, I'm just yeah, punting I, on it. pure I don't pure punt. He's five. I mean, he's five four. That's the other difference. Wobi's five four. As you mentioned, player of the season. I mean, literally every minute I watch him play, he's the best player on the pitch for Arsenal. Yes. And I, I don't know what he but did this, to Emery, fucking to fucking no, no, off I, like this. No, but it's exactly the same thing. It's like, oh, like why are you not starting him? It's just ridiculous. And then you see these ineffectual, like Mkhitaryan, He was a zero out of ten the whole game. It's like, why are you playing him? He's old. He's been bad all season. He was bad all last season. What are you doing, giving him minutes? Like play this kid who's fit, young, fresh, possibly the future. Like he's just better. That's like us predicting what the manager should do based on like how bad they are. But like we're not. Whenever we do that, we get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. But predicting that, the manager is is yeah. getting into nightmarish territory. Yeah, and I mean that said again, Awobi is five four, and like when you're looking at some like Obs or Laka, they're nine four ten like eleven million. Like yeah, that's not somewhere I want to gamble. Right, right, right. That makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right. Um, let's keep it in North London and talk about Spurs because I think. Well, they're a very relevant team. Obviously, they're they've been good all season. They have a lot heavy duty Champions League games coming up starting tomorrow, and they play Huddersfield this week. So I think pretty much everyone on wild card is, has Kane locked into their side. We got some questions on them. Jabron James is triple Spurs attack too much Spurs attack. Jono on Slack, please cover the Spurs midfield options to go with Kane. Is Erickson the best pick? Is Son as well for triple up too much? And then Jeff D on Slack, this is probably team specific, but where do you draw the line for hits when it comes to getting Kane in versus Huddersfield? Can you justify minus four, eight, 12? And if you had to lose either Mo or Hazard to bring in Kane, who would you give the axe to? So there's a lot of, a lot of Spurs action. Yeah, I mean, right that now. was 35 questions. Why don't you start with whatever you want to talk about? Um, I guess I would just start with Kane because that's sort of the easiest place to start. And I do, I mean, I'm not on wildcard, so I haven't been like tinkering or anything, but I do think that if I was wildcarding, he would be amongst the first names in my team sheet with, you know, obviously the away city in the double in 35 is bad, but surround that with the rest of his season with home Huddersfield, home Brighton, home West Ham, away Bournemouth, home Everton. I just think he's obviously a season hold for the rest of the season and like a terrific player and the best captain this week. 
Yeah, I, I think you need to have your head checked if you're on wild card and Kane's not on your team. Um, I mean, the last four matches for Kane, he's got 31 pen touches, 18 goal attempts, 13 of them in the box, um, four big chances. He's created a few chances. Um, I mean, his XG, 2.73 over the last four games, which is bananas. So, yeah, Kane should be... Obviously, captain this week against Huddersfield, it's a joke fixture, and he should be in contention for the 35 captaincy as well. Um, Spurs were extremely impressive um, against Palace. I mean, it was just a complete dominating performance. They were in cruise control the entire game, and it it really wasn't competitive. And Kane looks like he's ready, like he always is at the end of the season, to finish strong and try and put five goals in every game. Yeah, go for the golden boot as usual. Yeah. But, you know, again, we we did mention with Kane, it's less of a concern because he doesn't get rested. But, you know, they do have three games against City in the next, like, 10 days or so. And that's, you know, we'll see how they come out of that. But in terms of midfield also, I mean, I Erickson's stats are fucking stupid. And... I generally don't like Erickson, and I he's one of the first players when I watch Spurs that I pick on just because I feel like he should be doing more all the time based on those performances I've seen him play where I'm like, holy shit, this player is like a world-class player. And then how many times I see him just like not completing a diag or just doing something stupid. But, you know, for him over the last four, too, you know, he has 14 goal attempts over the last four game weeks, as well as 14 chances created in the last four games. So, you know, Ollie was playing very deep uh, last game against Palace. That was a very noticeable position switch. He was basically in the Erickson role. um, And he, you know, he had a few marauding runs forward, but. Erickson was playing very far forward. And I don't know, it, we talked about it on Slack. I don't know, it's a, it a speculation, but Erickson to me is also the kind of player that really struggles when they have fixture pileups because of when he's playing in his normal role for Spurs, he's required to do so much. And he gets very leggy to me at times when they have a lot of games. So, you know, I suspect that the role when he's playing further far forward and he doesn't have to track back as much and he doesn't have to like link the center backs with Kane. He's able to conserve energy a bit, and maybe it's a move by Pochettino to just kind of make like Ollie has better work rate. Maybe that's something he's thinking about. But Erickson, at his price, looking at the other premium midfielders, is the number one midfield target for me right now on wildcard. What do you think? Yeah, I pretty much back all of that. I think more than just trying to find a way to like preserve Erickson through the doubles i think that also obviously spurs have had like a diabolical midfield all season with that dire injured and no dembele replacement and no transfers and whatever and and winks has been injured and stuff and i think that as far as like defensive stuff ollie is so much better than Erickson. and kind of the magic of ollie is that you can play him there and he still offers some attacking stuff for the team you know so yeah. It makes a lot of sense, and it lets Erickson, Son, and Kane kind of just be free and be really dangerous all game. And, you know, <clears throat> we were sort of shitting on Erickson on the last pod because for the first maybe half or so against Palace, he was, like, fucking everything up. But he was still there, which is kind of more of a positive indicator for future success. And then, obviously, in the second half, he was incredible and came away with a haul and he looked so good and got his confidence up and everything so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely really like Erickson. And as you mentioned also with the with the fixture pileup, I mean, all all of these guys probably except Kane are are prone to rotation with the pileup, but I think much more would be someone like Sun, where you saw we've already seen Lucas Mora come in for him against Liverpool and Lucas Mora kind of did a job. Whereas there's not really anyone who could do what Ericsson does. So I'm hoping for your sake that that means Ericsson's less prone to rotation. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious based on what we've seen this season so far. Um, it also must be said about Sun. I mean, I'm, I'm completely baffled that he's in any wildcard teams. Um, not only is, has he been proven rotation, I mean, he doesn't start, he hasn't started a double yet. Both games, but his, I mean, his XG over the last, you know, 200 minutes is 0.19. And he just doesn't look good. He just, period, doesn't look good. He's not passing the eye test. So I, I, I mean, you know, I'm seeing people like, oh, I want Spurs midfield coverage. Like, don't forget that's not a real thing. That's just myth. And that's just like hive mind trying to psychologically like, Cover like cover yourself psychologically, but it's not like based on fact or rationale. Yeah. So, I, I think Sun is an absolutely diabolical pick. I would be absolutely nowhere near him. Um, so, so too with Ollie. I mean, he he's defensive po- midfielder. Po- he's he's a damn. I mean, Pochettino could could switch it on the head at a moment's notice, but based on the performance that they had against Palace, which is to me the best I've seen Spurs look in months. Yeah, in the in the lead domestically. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no. Like factual, actual factuals for me to think that that's going to change, and he's going to put Ali back forward where he like typically has normally played. So I also think Ali at eight eight is just ridiculous value for the price. I think he should be in no, in no team. So I mean that kind of takes us to the defense. And well, hold on, even let more. me just fill in some more stats just because I just pulled them up for Son. I mean the XG is awful, but furthermore, I mean. No big chances created. He hasn't gotten on the end of any big chances. He has three key passes and five shots in the last four games. So he's not really looking likely not only to score, but likely to assist or likely to just be involved in a goal move at all right now. Yeah. So and, and I mean, yeah, a couple of those I think were bench appearance, but but it must be said as well. No one will argue that Sun is not in that first choice eleven team. That's obvious. But yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at them playing four games in ten days or fourteen days or whatever, and as you mentioned, you know Lucas is obviously not as good as fucking shit, but he runs fast and he does like fill the same lanes and does whatever the fuck Lucas does. Yeah, when he, he plays wreaks havoc. That's what yeah, he does. There's, I mean, there's a like for like replacement, and Suns played five billion games over the last year anyway. So it's he's just I, I just don't get it. I don't get people like maybe people are like oh I want three Spurs attackers because no one else has that. That looks cool. Like it's just he's bad. Yeah. Right. So defenders. What are you, what are you who are looking, looking at? Defense, at? Yeah. So I, I mean, Lorius is very as much as I think he's terrible. He's <laughs> very, he's very safe. I mean, he's five four, so he's like right there in the Allison and the Ederson region. But yeah. you know, Vertonghen also looks pretty safe for minutes, but he obviously offers no goal threat, and he's probably not going to get you baps. But um, I, I do like Lorius. I am also a little bit interested in Trippier just because. You have upside there, right? Like he's gonna, he's good on bonus, like Robbo is. He just puts in unsuccessful crosses for days. Um, <laughs> you know, he has shouts at assists. He's on some direct freeze. Ericsson did seem to be taking a lot of the indirect freeze um, against Palace, if I remember correctly. But at six, you know, it's it's a big risk. And the other thing, why I'm looking at it a little bit more for my team on wild card is that 
if he goes missing and gets zero minutes, I'm, I have a team of 15 because I'm preparing for bench boost. So if I have to get like a Dini off my bench in one week, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but that said, I do think Vertonghen is a lot safer. I also don't think Danny Rose is a diabolical pick for, again, as bad as I think he is in actual, actual terms of getting returns in the final third. He just shits himself for as fast as he is and the good positions he gets in. I mean, he's 5'8". They do have Ben Davis there to back him up and, you know, We've seen Poach ro- rotate his fullbacks a lot in the past, so they're going to have a tough game against City on Tuesday. Would I be stunned if either Trips or Rose is on the bench against fucking Huddersfield at home, which is a walk in the park? No, I wouldn't be stunned, but it's kind of like an upside play. So I think you got to kind of look at your team, where you're at, what you need. Like, are you going to be fucked if that player doesn't start? Like, right. they get for Tongan. But that's kind of where my head's. At with all the defenders. I mean, I have Kane and Erickson. I have Trips in right now. I, I was playing around for a while with two defenders, but I really just couldn't see past Erickson's stats. Um, so that's where I'm landing. What do, what do you think? Anything else? Not much to add to that. I mean, uh, the only thing that I'll de- that I would definitely tack on and just reemphasize because it's what I started with is that I agree with you. There's a high chance that, like, through Champions League, through a double, especially, there's going to be fullback rotation and you kind of can just deal with it. But let's not forget that they also have incredible fixtures to end the season. So, you know, even if it doesn't come off and Trips only starts against City in the double and he's benched versus Brighton, which would be a nightmare, you still have him likely starting because they'll also likely be knocked out of the Champions League. Home West Ham, away Bournemouth, home Everton, where he has a high upside of. Points, attacking returns, cleans, bonus. So I, you know, I still like it. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. It is, it is definitely worth looking at those 36 to 38 fixtures when you're building your team, right? I mean, that that does play into it for sure. Oh my god. I mean, maybe we can just transition to wild card questions in general. But I think just from what I've seen on like Slack and Twitter and stuff, I think people are are a little bit too Game Week 34 and 35 centric with their wild cards right now, not thinking about 36, 37, 38, because usually the second big double of the FBL season is later than 37. Yeah, like 37 I think is probably the most common for the late double. So when we're doing the wild card bench boost stuff, we just like don't really give a fuck who's on our team for 38 because it's a weird week anyway and it's 38 and we just like whatever, make a few transfers in 38 and you're fine. But this season, it's really, you really have to think more about planning it out and think a little bit longer term with your wildcard because having three additional matches after Game Week 35, I mean, it gives a lot more merit to like non-doublers who normally we wouldn't even consider when we're wildcarding for a double Game Week bench boost. Who they, you know, they're only playing one less match in five Game Weeks and if you're getting, you know, some shitty ass player over like a Liverpool defender, like, is, are they really gonna outscore them? It's not that huge a difference. So, especially the way that attackers are often rotated in the doubles, you know. So it's it's an interesting time to have wildcard like this early in the in the season, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I think someone on stock like Top Man, we were, I was just chatting with him for like five seconds before we hopped on to, to Pod, was mentioning the same thing, kind of just. You know, not focusing too much on the double and also thinking all about attackers a little bit differently. Like, I'm so, I've been so averse to putting in, you know, wingers or attackers who I think are rotation prone in my team right now, my wildcard team, looking really at that double. But, you know, if I'm looking really more broadly at the last three game weeks as well, 36, 37, 38, like, 
I could be getting someone who I perceive as more nailed on and they just play one anyway. Yeah, and yeah. then I don't have that player who's maybe better, even if they played one, you know, for those last three game weeks. So yeah, I, I, I take your point. I think it's definitely something to, to look at to make sure that you're going to be set up nicely for those last three game weeks as well. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the questions since game week 32 have kind of been, what have we learned about that double? And me and you went five in the back and we're huge proponents of five at the back. And one of my, takeaways and I think I'll carry it into this double and I'll carry it into next season is that there are very very few attackers who are actually nailed to start both games and you can much it's much more safe to rely on defenders and you know just just glancing at all the teams who are doubling right now I feel like the only like pretty much nailed attackers to play both are Kane and probably Jimenez and I honestly don't think there's anyone else on any other team and yeah. that's kind of crazy, <laughs> you know. It's a, yeah, it's like a weird. Like Deanie, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deanie, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, no, for and sure. And that's basically it. And so, like, you know, long story short, I, if I was wildcarding, I'd be, I'd be looking into a heavy defense. I think. Um. So, questions on this, Mary fucking Poppins on Slack for wildcarding a bench boost. Who are your favorite value benchers? Last year, I felt I had too much money on the bench for the bench boost, which hurt, hurt my main squad going into the last games. Hugo, I'd love to hear thinking behind Hugo on Twitter behind potentially going five at the back on wild cards. So that's what we were just talking about. Ricky Chubbs is is confusing, is confused on his midfield, and Jabron James is looking for the best one-two keeper combo. So you know, a lot of people on wild card, a lot of fucking action. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even tinkered with a non five at the back team. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I actually, yeah, no, I haven't haven't even played with that. All I've been playing with is like which combination of premium defenders do I want? Right, right, Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm locked into five at the back. Part of it, honestly, is that I hate. Everyone in midfield. Like, yeah, I so that's what don't. Ricky Chubbs was asking about. Yeah. He said, aside from Raz and Camarasa, it doesn't feel like a template, which is fucking psycho. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been so nowhere near template on my wild card. I don't even really. I've seen some of them, and I'm just like, that's. I have like six of those players, wow. but the midfield to me is like Ericsson is. Kind of a shoe, and again, I, I have to say with Erickson, it's just he he does my head, and he's like Hazard to me. It's just like I don't know what he's up to, but yeah. his stats genuinely shocked me when I looked them up because I don't I look for excuses to not have Erickson. Yeah, and you know, I, and I own him more than most people. Like I started, I think I started last this season. year, maybe this year too, right? Because I was like, I want to have Erickson all the time. It might because I always yeah. it was. Erickson and KDB, I was like, whenever I sell them, they start getting points. Like I just want to hold them. I remember and like, last season, it was everyone was starting with Kane, and you started with Erickson, Erickson and Ali. Yeah, and Ali, yeah. But, but the same with this year, I think I started with Erickson. Remember, I captained him like game week two oh, or something. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I have a tortured past with Erickson. He doesn't even know about it. Thank God. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, even Raz to me. We don't know about Kuhn. We're potting on Monday. I mean, Pep said he's going to be in the squad tomorrow, but Pep could tell me, like, I don't even know how to finish that sentence. have no idea what the deal is with Kuhn, but I still maintain that I don't like Raz on the left, and I feel like Raz's tap-ins were coming from Sané breaking the left down, and when Sané's not playing and that's not happening, I just feel like he's a lost puppy. So I don't like Sterling. I haven't tinkered with him in one team yet. Wow. If if Kuhn proves to be like fucked, which I just don't think is going to happen, 
I would probably get Jesus. I don't know. I just, I, my team value is not outstanding and I like the defense a lot more from City. And Raz has, City have played two double game weeks and in both double game weeks, how many of those games has Raz started of those four? Two. Two. So what are we talking about? Like I'm not spending 11.5 on that. So and how many Raz. points are Ederson and Laporte on in those two? Yeah. Fucking four cleans. And yeah. At Laporte has a goal and fucking bonus. I can't even quantify. It's just too many bonus points to count. So I mean, we were both on heavy city defense, like for we've been whatever. Anyway, and then you know Liverpool don't have a double. I still don't think they're good value for money. I don't know what they're up to too much. And then like Hazard's back to doing things today, but he's eleven. Like basically, what it comes down to when I'm looking at these midfielders is just like. I don't think any of them are worth 11 plus when I want Kane and Aguero. And I don't like making three spot downgrades to include more 11 million plus players who I'm not going to captain for the rest of the season. So I'm looking at more of like, I prefer to have three premium defenders and Ducore than Raz and Ryan, Cola and Holobos. Like that's what I'm looking at. And I don't think it's close. I just don't know why I'm like feel like I'm drinking crack liquid form because no one's on that. Yeah. And I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I mean, I love the things you're saying. If I was on wildcard, I would definitely fuck with triple city defense. I think that's a real shout, and I like it a lot actually, especially with the fixtures. I mean, going no city attacker is obviously dangerous, but. If there are two teams that are going to be tough to break down and I don't really see that high of a ceiling of goals to be scored, it's you know Spurs and away Manchester to Manchester United for City in the double. And United are just going to be parked like to fuck, to just try and not get embarrassed and, and try and nick one or something. And I don't know. I mean, those could very easily both be cleans, way more than I see like either Kuhn or Raz starting both and are either of them really hauling in, in either so in either fixture. So I don't know. Triple triple city defense is a thing that interests me a lot. Yeah, I mean the only little problem with that is the third defender. Um I mean Ederson and Laporte are obvious picks for the, safety and, and well, start, the other but, problem is every game week outside of game week thirty five. Yeah. Where but you I, want you want yes, a city yes. attacker. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I do have Mendy in my draft right now. I don't, I mean, I'm just playing and having fun and I like seeing his name on my team because he's a fucking shark. He's a boss. Mendy and Walk. I, I mean, Mendy is a nuts pick, kind of insane pick out there. But to be fair, when I look at someone like Walker who's knocked and, you know, they've got the Champions League games, Zinchenko's dead, Delphi's dead. They have. Literally no one on the team that can play that position, other than putting Bilv back there. Danilo can can play both sides. Danilo could play left side, I guess. I mean, he'd have to start Sané, which he doesn't seem to want to do if he's doing that because there's no width there with him. But Danilo has played for Walker, so I'm like, I don't know. Like he if probably Mendy doesn't in give the a Champions fuck. League. I don't hate it. I mean, he probably doesn't give a fuck about like Mendy in general, like Pep. He probably just hates him. But he knows that he's great. So if he does he care about running him into the ground and like breaking one of his hamstrings off his bone or whatever? No. Like I don't think he cares. So if Mendy can run and he's like, I'm fine, boss. I don't know. Yeah, don't if he know. if he starts in the Champions League, I think that's very reasonable. If he doesn't, it's an insane punt, probably. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. 
Yeah. That's fair. Anyway, so, so yeah, I mean, but then the other thing, so I mean, you're getting a little bit down on Kuhn, though. Then the question comes back is like, who the fuck do you want on your team? Like, who, like, do you think, okay, let's, let's talk about Mo, because I need to hear from you about Mo and, and try yeah. and be a little bit less of like a fucking red, up the reds, bra piece <laughs> of shit. I mean, is he, do you think he's going to start kicking on now that he like took his shirt off and we all saw what he looks like? Yeah, probably. I mean, okay. we've been saying for like a month and a half that eventually he's just going to start scoring again. So most likely, yeah, he'll probably just start scoring regularly again. I mean, the numbers have always been there, the positions, et cetera, have always been there, and he's just been like snatching at chances. So if his confidence returns, which seems to be the only thing that's missing, then yeah, he'll probably have a really strong end to the season. That's obviously like the odds on favorite thing to happen. Um, I think home Chelsea is a pretty tough fixture. They they usually defend Liverpool pretty deep and pretty well. But after that, away Cardiff, home Huddy, away Newcastle, home Wolves. I like Salah a lot in all four of those. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think this morning was the first time I started tinkering with him still in the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Because this is the kind of thing, right? I mean, I've had at minimum two Liverpool defenders in every draft I've done. With Robbo with, Trent? I've had Robbo Trent, yeah, and Van Dyke's yeah. been in and out. But it's the same kind of, and then I had Allison sometimes, I don't know, whatever. But it's the same kind of thing like you, you hit on 15 minutes ago about not putting like one million percent emphasis on the double. I mean, right, Liverpool right. don't double, but... Like you also mentioned, I mean, home Chelsea, I don't think is a bad fixture for a clean sheet. But then after that, there are Cardiff, Huddersfield, Newcastle Wolves. And just like, you know, we're talking about someone like Trippier or, you know, Walker or Men, like, there's no guarantee these players play both of the doubles anyway. And then they don't have a double. So it's like, I keep look, thinking about that too. So, you know, like Kuhn too. I will obviously love Kuhn so much, but. I'm probably not going to captain him again this season. So I would captain, I mean, maybe 37 home Leicester. I don't know. I mean, Kane is definitely going to be captained a lot. But Mo has that home Huddersfield game, which is quite I good. Mean, that's scary. Like, that's, that's very, that's a very scary thing. Yeah. I mean, and it's also just like extrapolating out the data that we have so far. You know, Liverpool keep a clean, they haven't kept a clean in like what, three or four straight or something. So that's abnormal. But on the season, they've kept a clean every other game. And so if you're looking at them for the remainder of the season, they have five matches left, one of them bad, four of them really good. I mean, the least you'd expect is two cleans, but they have upside three, four, five, honestly. I don't. I would be stunned if they only kept two. Yeah, I just mean like if we're looking at purely the data of just like the yeah, average fine. number of cleans, that's a very, the most conservative you could probably get is that they yeah. keep two cleans. And yeah, 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 fine, fine. Comparing fine. that to a lot of the teams who are doubling where the majority of people are going to be wildcarding into, I don't really see that, you know, like... I, like a lot of these teams would be really like I don't know, lucky is the wrong word, but like it'd be surprising for a lot of these teams to keep like more than two clean sheets, even though they have an extra match in gaming thirty five. You know, just by judging how they've been recently and how they've been on the season. So, what are we really doing here? Why are we piling on you know Brighton defenders who 
have a horrendous double in 35 and play still have away Arsenal and home City on the docket when we should just probably have Liverpool defenders who are just better, you know? And yeah. it's just it's just an interesting thing. Yep. Okay. Like it. Um, so just on those questions, I mean, you kind of have to answer them because I haven't been looking, but who do you like as your, as your value benchers, as Mary Poppins calls them? And Jabron James, what are your favorite one-two keeper combos for, you know, considering the bench boost in 35 and beyond? Um, so, I mean, I'll start with keeper. I guess it's just a little bit more narrow and easier. Um, I, I definitely like a premium in there, uh, talking about either Ederson, Allison, or Lloris. And then I've had Ryan for a while. I'm still not sure I'm going to go there. I might I might go with uh, with Gunn. I, I just think Southampton are incomparably a, a better team than, than Brighton. I mean, they're playing great stuff. They've been playing great stuff for a month or two. And uh, and they have a lot to play for, just like Brighton do. But, um, you know, I think the fixtures in 35 are really nice, whereas... You know, I'd be stunned if Brighton keep it clean in 35. And I, you have merit to start Ryan in 34 at a double over the premium keeper you have. But, you know, if, if I go with Ederson, for example, I would rather have gone for 35 and then just start Ederson 34. If that makes sense. I, I yeah, think yeah. I said that right. Um, so, I mean, that's that. I, I don't like, you know, Leno. I'm just like, ugh, come on. And I mean, I'm seeing some Ryan and guns. I'm just like, it, it's just. The good teams are good, and these teams are bad, and I don't. I, I just like the floor. I mean, Ederson. It's just they've kept like four straight cleans. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, you know, City. You need to have some City defensive assets. It's just free points. And I know, I know, Liverpool haven't kept one in four, but I, I still, when I watch them play, they look like a clean shot every single game. So you know, I, I like those defenses a lot. I, I like having one premium keeper, um, and then Laurie's with the fixtures we've kind of mentioned before. But in terms of the bench, I mean, it's a little bit different from my specific tinkering, just because I haven't even non I haven't played with not five at the back. Right, right, right. But I mean, I Duffy we mentioned earlier definitely like that. I haven't been like too keyed into who Grassi is playing at Watford. Like I don't know who the fuck he's picking at center back or if he's still rotating like 75 players on the team. I don't know if he's still rotating <laughs> the fullbacks, but I mean I like like if you're going to play three at the back and you're like bench boosting and you like Duffy and some fucking piece of shit, like I like punting on a Watford defender for sure. Um, yeah, I mean Holes other- Holes has all the assists. I mean he he's yellow flat. I'm not sure what that is about, but at least he has a ton of assists. So even if he misses yeah, yeah. one, he has the chance of getting an assist in the double yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, then you know, South. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I like I like Jerry D a lot. I mean, I think obviously in that FA Cup final, he was just a man possessed, and he was really good. And you know, the minutes are not going to be consistent. He's never been you know the poster boy of fitness. He's like a chubby little shit, but. He is still playing striker. Like he's been playing striker for a long time. And yeah, he went on a stretch of blanks. Of course, when you and Davy Boy owned him, he had a stretch of blanks. But before that and and after that, and he's been hauling his life away. I mean, he obviously had the twenty three pointer against Cardiff. I don't really expect that again. But outside of that, you know, he had an assist against Leicester, goal versus City, ridiculous haul in the FA Cup final. He just looks good and he looks magical and. You know, if you're yeah, only going to get, you know, like you were saying about a Wobi, like you might only get 120 minutes from him in the 35 double, but that's worth a lot more than getting, you know, 180 minutes from a way worse player. So I, I like Jerry D a lot. Before, I just don't want to forget my train of thought, but I, I, Southampton defenders also, like Valerie and shit, they're all oh, really yeah, fucking yeah. cheap, and I think that's a good defender. But Definitely. moving on to Jerry, I'm, I'm totally 180 with you on Jerry. I, okay. I haven't had him in my tinker once. Um, 
Granted, he's got the knock, so we don't know what's going to emerge there. But so why Ducor- Ducore over du- Jerry? Du- I mean, Ducore is one of like four players who hasn't left my team since I wow. immediately what? transferred. I immediately did all the things. He's not at risk of being rested. He's just a fucking monster horse, and his stats are just better than Jerry D's. Period. They're just better. So I'm happily paying point two extra for the player who has better stats, and that's and, and has the minutes. So I, I love Ducore. I'm absolutely all over Ducore. And I, I just with Jerry, he's knocked. They have one more important game, but you know, he's gonna want to keep them playing well in the league games. I just I don't think that the juice is worth the squeeze. Maybe it's okay. I'm I'm having like I was burned so badly by by grabbing him for those four easy fixtures when he did fuck all. But No, I mean I a just, large part of it for me is that Ducore is the like generally the type of player that we would stay away from, but I have not, I have to be honest, and I have not looked at his stats because for that reason. So if his stats are just better than Jerry's, then yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I mean, last four, he has over double his XG. Wow. And he plays every fucking second of every game. Yeah, He yeah, just doesn't, he, does. he never comes off, and that's significant, especially in the double. So I'm I'm in there with Ducore. I, I like him a lot. I've seen him in basically zero teams. We we had a little bit of slack chatter about him, but you know, just you know, he's had eight goal attempts to seven for for Ducore over Jerry over the last four. And you know, the, the minutes are different. I mean, he's played three sixty minutes over the last four. Jerry's played two eleven. Jerry's also knocked, but I mean, the minutes play a part because I'm expecting that to continue to carry on with him right, playing right, more right. minutes. So I mean, that's obvious. You could say like, oh, well, he's playing more minutes. And I'm like, yeah, well, he's going to keep he's playing gonna more keep minutes. He's going to keep playing more minutes. Yeah, yeah that, so, that's obvious to me. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at both then. If I'm on wild card, I'm, I'm looking. I'm interested in both. Yeah, I mean, I have Deeney. The, the other thing, I mean, moving on to Southampton, I am obsessed with Redmond for double game weeks. I'm, he hasn't left my team, and neither has JWP. Everyone I, should pay attention to this because this is akin to your PVA shout in the last double where it's just a dick on the table type of shout where it's just this has previously happened a lot of times before and you feel really good about it and listen I've been the beneficiary of many Redmond doubles in my life and I have to say he just turns up for the doubles he was also really good against Liverpool yeah I mean I have to say I also have Deeney so I have double Southampton double Watford attack and I'm going to be doing some type of like weird rotation with them I mean they both have Pretty favorably fixtures, favorable fixtures moving forward, but I, I, I can't say enough about South Southampton under Hasenhutel. I mean, they, they've looked just fantastic. Every every time I've tuned in over the last month, when I watch them, I'm like, how the fuck is this team in five thousandth place oh, in the table? They're, they're so obviously a top half team. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, they just look great, and obviously we know Redmond's problems. Like he doesn't know how to finish, but. This is like the fourth or fifth season running where we're coming into the end of the season and he's done nothing all year. Every fucking year he does this <laughs> and he scores goals at the end of the season. Yeah. Period. It's yep. every year he does it. Yep. And I don't know what's happening. Maybe he's just like ready to go see his fucking mistress in Cancun or something. And he's got an eye on that and he's like, I'm going to smash some goals and everything's good. <laughs> but the one thing I am a little concerned with them is that they have two days off on the double, which is very Yikes. little, yeah, very little rough. days off. They, don't have that many replacements. I mean, Stu Armstrong could come in. I, I'm a little bit worried about WordPress, but I mean, he's a young, fit guy, and, and I'm not sure. But I mean, you know, WordPress is five one. I mean, you're looking in that region, but but Redder is like, I mean, they already played long, but there's there's not really a replacement for him. I don't think Alianusi is just working out. He hasn't played in dogs years. They, I mean, Sims or someone he could put someone like that in, but 
they're playing. They're still playing for their lives, and they need a, they need three points every game that they can get. So I'm, I, I just like both of them a lot, and I, I think Southampton are going to finish the season really strong. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm into them. So so I mean, these are also my reasons about why I'm very not into Jerry D. Is like these are the players I'm looking at. I have three players in the sub six million right. midfield region, Jerry, those, yeah. and I've chosen them. And and you know, Jerry D's not. I mean, I fucking would rather have a Wobie than Jerry D. Like I I view a Wobie as basically like. Kind of similar skill set on a team with better players around him. I, I wouldn't I go that I don't far. Know. I'd, I would much rather have Jerry D. I think that, that's fine. That, I mean, maybe I'm like going. The, to, the maybe I just can't. Put, what a Wobie doesn't yeah, have. Yeah, may, maybe I, can, I just can't look at three Watford attackers. On my yeah, team. maybe that's, that's something to that, swallow. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I, I like those players. And the original question, like who to put on your bench? Like these are the fucking guys I want on my bench. Yep. I like it. I like it. Okay. We're jumping all over the place, but just to go back to City for a second, because we got some questions from Gavin on Twitter, Ray on Slack, you know, others about Razkun, et cetera. But a, lot, but a lot of people are asking about KDB and just should we, you know, bow down to KDB? Is he back? He started, both, he started the double, right? So, you know, he's looking really good lately. I wonder if you considered him at all in your in your midfielders because he might just be back. He's been very, very good lately, stats wise, eye test wise, and he started again, he started both the games in the game with thirty two double, so that's a very good sign. Um he his stats have been fantastic. Yeah, yes, last but, four he's leading big chances created and key yeah. passes. Yeah, and you know, he's just like what we know of his character, I mean, he he's a leader and he's the kind of player that leads by example. And we can't put ourselves in the position of him where his head's at, given the season he's had. It's just been a season from hell. So it definitely makes sense, like psychologically thinking standpoint, that he's gonna want to finish the season strong. They still have their most important games to come. Um, you know, they have the title run, they have the Champions League. So, I. It must be said, last, he's had so many injury concerns this year, but last year he was the one player that Pep never dropped. Never, like ever, ever dropped. Never, yeah. ever dropped. So, yes, I I, uh, I do like KDB for sure, but my main concern is he's still so expensive. Like, he's yeah. 9-7, and I just haven't been able to fit him in my teams, basically, is the answer. Um, I still like the defenders a lot. And I think that there's a lot more, you know, value in the defenders at 3.5 million cheaper, basically, if not like four when you look at Ederson. Yeah, it's a bit of a hard sell to, to spend that much more for Kev over a defender. Like yeah, he, and- he, he usually just sends a game with an assist, and that's, you know, the same as a clean sheet, which is very likely for City. You know. Yeah, I mean, it must be said last season, he played 3,000 minutes. How many goals did he score last season? Eight. So he ticks along for sure, but and he gets bonus points because he's just a genius. He's so fucking good, it's ridiculous. But at nine seven, I just haven't been able to fit him in. I like and any team I see with KDB, I'm like, oh, that's great. Like he's great, love yeah. it. But for my personal team with like my le- my my layout, like I I'm not willing again to, you know, put Valerie and Dunk as my fourth and fifth defenders and just go like three four three and just go heavy there. So. That's where I'm at, but I, I do like KDB for sure. Yeah, I like him a lot too. I, yeah. I think that's the type of thing that I agree with you on where 
I'm just going to look at him in teams and be like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish I had him. Fuck. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's Monday and the deadline's Saturday. So who the fuck, after Champions League, who knows what I'm going to have? Maybe right. I'll land on him. I mean, I could definitely land on him for sure. So that would definitely not be surprising to me, like, as we're talking right now, especially with the concerns over Aguero. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Aguero in general is also just, we're going to have to base our entire decision on what happens tomorrow in Champions League and probably just ignore whatever Pep says in the press conferences because he's not going to give us anything concrete. So it's going to be a really tough one to go with or without Aguero. But right now, for me at least, not on wildcard, I'm looking at Aguero to Kane. And that's just the easiest way for me to get Kane. And I know I'll be captaining Kane for a lot of the remainder of the season. So... You know, um, it's yeah. just it's just risky. I mean, we know yeah. we know Kuhn's injury history, and we know that we're not going to get any useful information. And they have a million matches, so it's just hard. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're playing with like one hand tied behind our back right now on Monday. You know, we just don't have the data. But I even if Kuhn was fit going into the Champions League game tomorrow, I still think Kane's better. Like for the run in, just because of the minutes, the fixtures, like the whole fucking thing. I like I like Kane more, but yeah, Coons will have well it's it's tricky, we'll have to see. I mean Lambs will we'll talk about it, but right. I still like Coon I mean I still like him, but Yeah. Um there's one other team that I want to talk about before we just go to general questions, and it's the only other non doubling team that I personally have an eye on, and it's Leicester. I just feel like it's insane to ignore them at this point with you know, not just the Vardy Hall, but Tielemans has fucking returned in every single game since he's came to the Premier League, and Matto is flying in stats and eye tests and everything, and they just look completely reborn to me. And uh, and the stats and the eye tests for pretty much every game since Brock has come in is backed it up, have backed it up. So, you know, this is kind of the theme of this section of the pod a little bit, where I've talked about you know thinking where people are putting too many eggs in the doubling basket and Leicester's next to our home Newcastle away West Ham before a really tough end to the season. I just think that, you know, Leicester assets for these next two are still good, you know, and they still should probably be some percent owned, even though most wildcard teams won't have any. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there. It's the kind of thing where they're not like you're urgent. I need to get rid of them for doublers because of the next two fixtures, but the run is murder. Um, and they'll probably be on the beach by then, but yeah, I mean, I think that they're good holds for the next two, and then you you know you kind of figure out what you're going to do for 36 or whatever when they have home Arsenal at City, home Chelsea. Ugh, so rough. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do. Where are we at? We're like already at an hour. This is a big time pod. <laughs> this fucking big time pod. Um, let's do some questions and yeah. So Cammy on Slack, can you guys rank the budget defenses to go for? Southampton seemed to be the standout option, but what about below that? Stuff. Who's below that? Don't they have like three, four million defenders? Uh, he means below in the ranking, not below in price. And ranking oh. the bad defenses. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I like that more than Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like Southampton uh, way more than Brighton. I mean, Cardiff obviously are worse. I, I don't know. They're, I, I want for like, probably better. Are there other better. budget defenses that you're interested in? I, is no, another I mean, way to we, phrase that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like we kind of talked about them. Yeah, I'm looking if there's any other shouts, and I just don't see many that I like, really. I mean, Newcastle, now Lejeune's injured. That's kind of sketchy, no, no, and they've no. been bad yeah. lately. And 
Yeah, I don't I don't really like it. Like Doherty or something would be like the only other guy, maybe. No, no, wolves, no wolves allowed. This is a this is a wolves free podcast. No, I mean Jimenez will be in my team soon. It's it's insane. Haven't had him in my team for one second since. Oh my god, he's going to be straight. I mean, if you want to like safely get points, then you get him. If you want to like have fun and yeah, if I want to live with myself as a man, I will not have him, and I will not have him. I will absolutely not have him again this season. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Jack on Slack, how crazy of a punt is Murray for the next two game weeks? Obviously won't play for 90 minutes, but likely to make at least four appearances. Yeah, I mean, he's been bad, the team's bad, he's, he's bad, he's a bad pick. Yeah, I was listening to James's pod, James on Slack, it's called Four Point Hit, and one of them was like, one of them shouted Murray, and the other guy was like, I don't know. And he was like, what part of one goal in the last seven don't you like? I don't understand. <laughs> there's a genius moment, and there's just like, yeah, I mean, he's just bad. Like, there's very high percent chance that over both of the double game weeks, he doesn't play, like, north of 90 minutes total. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far, but... Okay, like 110 minutes or something. You know, like a 20-minute yeah. sub-appearance or something. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't he's, know. he's bad. He's bad. Um, Frankenstein on Slack. I'm about 40 points behind in my mini league. At what point do I start looking at differentials and think outside the box? I could triple captain Kane versus Huddy this week or hold off. Neither of us have wildcard or free hit anymore. Neither of us have Kane, and when it would, it would require a hit. What, what's your take? Are we are we there yet? I don't think we're there yet. Mm. 40, point, 40 points is nothing. 40 points is nothing. Um, and especially with like a if you land a triple cap, then you're there already. Just on that chip alone, you're there already. Yes, sort of, kind of. Uh, I mean, 140 points would be something else. Yeah, on the hit thing, hitting, forgetting Kane, and we, I think we didn't talk about that last section, but yeah, I think it's worth a hit to getting Kane right now. I mean, it's it's kind of, at least for me, and I'm, I've been horrible this season and whatever, but I usually end the season really strong, and I'm... Off to a good start for the for the stretch run right now, but I start taking more hits at the end of the season. I think because we just have so much information and know generally, you know, obviously not know to a T, but have a very good feeling for how games are going to go. And I mean, just looking at my team right now, I have two red flags. I have two defenders out for the fucking season. I have Kuhn yellow flagged. I'm probably not going to get any information. So I can just go Kuhn to Kane easily. If Kuhn starts and looks good tomorrow, then I'm definitely going to be in the mix for a hit for like Barnes out to Kane or something and make a triple move, something like that. I think Kane is great and everyone should get him. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, right? We have a very advantageous thing right now when we're looking at four or five games to go and Huddersfield and Fulham are in existence of life for fantasy yeah. Premier League. Yeah. We know what they're going to do and it's lay down. And I mean, if you give up, I mean, Jamie Vardy, this player, right? Let's just think about him for a second, just a macro level of the last three years. When does he triple return? No, actually, never. He's triple returned twice this year. Who against? I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm not even going to pull up his game game lock. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say Fulham and Huddersfield. Yeah, and the only other game all season he has had more than one return, literally all season, was game week six, home Huddersfield, where he had a goal and an assist. (laughs) 
So when <laughs> when you're looking at these teams and who they're playing, minus four when you can captain someone like Kane against them is just no brainer. Yeah. It's a no brainer. It's, it's a just no-brainer. a no brainer. Yep. Yeah. Fat Gorilla on Slack, fucking Brian. He said, please cover Vardy's pat on Hammer in detail. Did you see that? Yeah. I don't know. Nothing to be said. They're former teammates. Vardy's a cunt. That's all. That's all us. Yeah. Yeah. Probably took him drinking after. You know, easy. Liam on Slack, for people not on wildcard who are bench boosting in 35, interesting. Which positions are the most important to get doublers for? Would you rather have five defenders that all double or focus on attackers that double? So that's interesting because you're not wildcarding, so it's kind of a very different thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. This is. This I is feel like long, it's more. This is a long this, answer for the, a simple. What seems like a simple. Uh, let me give my short answer before your long answer, because for me, this is very team dependent. Because I still believe that getting rid of your worst players, or getting rid of not nailed players, or getting rid of injured players, is better. You know, it's better to replace them with doublers than to focus on a specific position for doublers. So that's my initial inkling. But what were you going to say? Yeah, no, a million percent team dependent for sure. But the thing that I so for number one, the most important thing to me is backup goalkeeper with bench boost, just because that's a position that you know you want to be able to get value out of it's something a position that you don't care about for 37 game weeks and then the one game week where you're you're bench boosting which is just playing four extra players you know you want to have a clean sheet shout there so that that's for number 1 but when it comes to the bench for for your outfield players like think about like taking a hit to get in JWP for the double game week cuz you're bench boosting like that's doesn't make any sense i mean it's it's just like you don't know if they're going to play two games anyway and then you're taking a hit to get in a player who's bad, who's going to be on your bench for every other game week, on like kind of a bad team. Like that's just not that's throwing like good points, chasing like ba- a bad investment to me. I like I like the clean. Normally the clean sheets from like your fourth and fifth defenders is what you're paying for on bench boost, but you know it depends on your formation, right? So if it's a double game week and you have like two wing like Jerry D, it's like. He's not playing both games, so he doesn't have a double game week. Like I would be almost forgetting a bit if I didn't have wild card. I would forget about like I have to bench boost in thirty five, and I would look at all of the game weeks and just see like if there's one where I could a not take a hit and like keep my bench like shitty, and like b the fixtures align where like okay I have like a couple clean sheet shouts or whatever. Like that's what I would be looking at. I would I would definitely not be thinking about bench boosting in thirty five if I had. If I had it and no and no wild card, and again, like you mentioned, like you don't want to be throwing hits or spending transfers on your fucking bench. Like you want to be getting good players who have thirty point potential or a twenty point potential, not like wingers that are under six million on mid or like third striker or fifth defender. You know? Yep. Yeah, I like that shot a lot. I mean, not not pigeonhole because I'm in the same position and I've not really considered my bench boost on thirty five at all, and it's not because. It's not because I don't have enough doublers or I won't have enough doublers to make it worth it. It's just like 
not a priority anymore because I know the four worst players on my team are probably not going to be doublers because I don't have the wild card to, to clean that all up in time. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm more looking, like you said, like I said earlier, at the rest of the season and just trying to find one week where that shit lines up. One week where Guaita has a good shot for a clean and my two backup defenders have decent shots for clean and everything and just pick that week and just bench boost and hope I get lucky, really. But... Yeah, I mean, it's team-dependent, so, you yeah, know, yeah. who knows. Mary Poppins again on Psych. Looking ahead, who are the best options for triple cap? So we both still have our triple cap, which is interesting. Yeah, this has never happened before. Yeah. I've never triple capped in a single game week or since the chip's been introduced to the game. And it's going to happen this year because you're bench boosting in 35. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at Kane. Um, I'm not... Completely out on Mo and thirty six, like that is influent. That's part of the reason why I've been looking at him a little bit more seriously. I know it's still just like a double swap to get him in if I like do other fucking shit. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of games to be played for the top sides. Like I don't want to think about that. So those are basically the two places I I'm looking p- pretty much in short. What, what do you do? You see anything else like City Coon like? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the way I'm looking at it is I'll figure it out because basically I want someone immediately in the best form. You know, like I don't want to think like, yeah, maybe Kane in Game Week 38. I mean, Kane this week I don't think is horrible, but most people on wildcard so can't do it. But, you know, I'm not really thinking that far ahead with my triple cap because I want someone who's bang on in form, the team looks really good, et cetera. And then I'll triple captain next week, if that makes sense. Versus like thinking, yeah, I'll set myself up for like this specific triple cap. Um, because, you know, it's, it's impossible to predict how someone looks in form. You know, yeah, no, that, I, so. I like, yeah, no, I like that. I mean, even like Kane, like at Bournemouth, like even though it's not a home game, like they're fucking already done. So yeah, I, I think I, I like that a lot, just kind of monitoring the form and seeing, I mean, like if if Salah puts a brace in and looks like he's just back to last season Salah against uh, Porto uh, this midweek, you know he, you could easily go for him this weekend. Well, you I mean, in in, in, in in I'm sorry, in in thirty in thirty six, right? Like yeah, if he keeps if he yeah. keeps rolling, or even thirty five, like at Cardiff, like yeah. I mean, yeah. even you, it, this is ridiculous to talk about because it's so it's just so far away with form and stuff, but like. Let's say United are fighting for the top four and they they bounce back and look in good form. Like I don't know, game week thirty eight, they're home Cardiff. They might that must be that might be they have to win by like four goals for goal differential to make top four. Like give me that, I'll triple cap that guy if someone looks good. You know, like that's why I'm just like hands in the air. Like I'll figure it out because immediately I don't see someone this week that I'm like a hundred percent feeling good about. So I'm not doing it this week, and that's all I know. Yeah. No, I, and I, I think it's just also like don't panic like and feel like you yeah. need to pick it out right now. Like it'll come. It'll we, come. We, we'll we'll have premium attackers on our team. Yeah. We see a lot of like exploitative fixtures the last three game weeks. Like something will come up and, yeah. and fall together. And you're a double hit away from getting any player in the game, so it's yeah. not you know whatever. Um, just uh, five more questions. Just five more questions. We're at like an hour and a half. But Dallas and Slack, is it time to jettison all United players for the rest of the season? Linky defense, inconsistent midfield, un- unpredictable forward line. The grass is looking much greener on the other side of Manchester. I mean, right I mean, now, you, it's hard to fucking yeah. consider any United players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, defense, we don't have to talk about. I mean, we, the fact that there's 
double game week bonanza and we're on the fucking 90th minute of the podcast and we literally haven't said one United player, I yeah, think tells you all you need to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have a really good fix for home West Ham coming up in 34, but you know the double is pretty bad. They have a darb and suddenly Goodison looks like a bad place to go. But yeah. you know, 37, 38 are, like you mentioned, you know, a long way away and they finish up with at Huddersfield home Cardiff. So... We'll see then, but I'm I'm not. I haven't had any of their players in my in my wildcard team in my tankers. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I'm definitely scared of this game week, but we'll see what happens. Um, J. Rye and Jesse on Slack is Bobby Pereira an option from Twafford? They haven't. We have not mentioned him. We mentioned Decorey. We mentioned Jerry D. It's hard to put him. Ahead of either of them, I, I, I mean, just he, he, yeah. He hasn't scored a goal since game week nineteen. I mean, I, I like looking for like unmined gems, which he would be one because no one has him. But there's a fucking reason no one has him. He's just not doing anything. Yeah, he has he has four shots last four. I mean, he's yeah, just his, his stats are bad. Yeah, he's a really good player, and I really like yeah. him. But I just it's just impossible to put him ahead of Jerry D or Decore right now yeah. or Dean. I, I agree. Um. I skip this one. We talked about this. Skip this one. We talked about this. And lastly, Facarilla again. Last question. So I know Haz is currently dicking on West Ham, but should this be his farewell game from our teams? He doesn't double. Two of the next three are bad fixtures. I don't trust Chelsea. I can put that money into doublers, or are Chelsea going to finish strongly? Tough. I mean, it's really tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's the thing that's so frustrating. Obviously, like we, you know, he, he starts RLC again. It's just like you know, there there are very obvious things that he should have been doing for months. But at Liverpool is very bad. That's the worst fixture, along with that city on the docket all season. Um, I just I, I don't hate like holding him if if you have other th- problems and better places to spend your transfers if you don't have a wild card, but. I mean, there are other premium assets who I prefer. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I don't think on wild card it's good to get him, but not on wild card. I I, I would even go one step further than you. I kind of like holding him because of you know the how unsure we are about other premiums that we've been talking about them all pod. I mean, away Liverpool is obviously brutal, but his record is very good against Liverpool. Like you know, one of the best. Um, and then, more importantly, is home Burnley in 35, where we're kind of just banking on the fact that like Cho and RLC will keep getting minutes, especially RLC over like Barkley and Kovacic, and therefore Chelsea will maybe keep looking good. And home Burnley is just such a fucking good fixture. They're probably going to be safe by then and have nothing to play for. So as bad as Chelsea are away, home Burnley looks really, really good to me. So I think it's reasonable to keep him. But yeah, on wildcard, probably not. Which is yeah. kind of also crazy because it, that's probably the last time you'll ever own him in FPL because he probably won't yeah. be there next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very. I welcome him not being in the game because he just fucking does my head in every year. <laughs> I uh, I think it's also like you know hearing you say that just to ram home like the point if if you're not on wild card like you have to try and make a fine balance of like, identifying players who. Don't have doubles, but also like don't have good fixtures or don't look like good holds for the rest of the season because you know our transfers one a week. Like there's not going to be a lot of changes you can make without taking multiple hits or taking hits or things like that. Yeah. 
So, you know, I, I just, just look at your team and look at the fixtures for who doesn't double and kind of prioritize like where are your transfers best spent. And it might be Hazard, it might not be Hazard. You know, if you have like Rondon, Bournemouth players, like West Ham players, like there are teams that have Newcastle players, they look fucking dog shit. Like, there are on other... Slack today were saying they still have Felipe Anderson and Arnie. <laughs> yeah, like what? that's what? a what? that's. But like that's like a, a lot of teams that oh, yeah, yeah. wild carded early, like weren't playing, like thought West Ham were like kind of good, like holding them because they didn't blank. Like so, just figure that out first. But you know, and again, it's it's situational. It's team by team. Like you know, I could look at your team with Hazard and say like that's the first transfer you make. It's obvious. And I could look at your another team and say like you need to hold Hazard. Like you have to deal with these fucking four pieces of shit. So you know, yep, that's that. So let's uh, go on to captains. I haven't looked at Captain at all. I mean, it's oh, it's pretty, Kane. It's, it's pretty obviously Kane. See, like I keep thinking about thirty-five. No, no, no. so yeah, it's yeah, probably Kane. Kane. If you don't own Kane, probably City. I mean, it's it's take a hit for Kane if you don't own Kane. Yeah, if me. you don't own Kane, probably take a hit for Kane. If you don't want to take a hit and don't own Kane, then probably City. And Palace and City is weird because their last two were. This, the Palace win this season and the nil-nil last season, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, but it's Kelly it's and Tomo. it's Dan. It's might might be even Milivojevic at center back. Like who knows? It's it's, it's scary. It's I'm scary. scared. It's not I'm Duncan's scared. and it's not Mama, and it feels it's, very bad. It's scary. I'm very In a scared. game that all Liverpool supporters like me need Palace to come through, it's like relying on those guys. I'm like, oh god. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um. Yeah, Kane, easy. So, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about my team and what transfers I might make. I'll probably end up taking a hit for Kane or Kunta Kane, something like that. But I do want to talk about your wild card. So, you've kind of probably through us talking mentioned every player in your team. But why don't you just run through your team right now? Well, I, it's like not even complete right now. But basically, like the the only players I've really not been playing with over the last couple of days is yeah. Robbo, Trent, Laporte in defense. The other two spots I've been playing around with. Goalkeeper, I have no idea what combo I'm going to go with, but it'll definitely be a premium and a cheapo. And then in midfield, I mean, I haven't played with these four of JWP, Redmond, Erickson, or Ducore, like at all. The fifth spot I've been playing with. And then up top, I've had Kane and Dini I haven't really been playing with since like Saturday. And the third spot I've been playing with a lot. Um, as like so, a, I mean, an, another premium there. Like Kuhn. I don't know. Like that's the thing. Like I could go with a premium mid. I could go with a cheapo striker. Like I could go with Kuhn and go with like the Awobi Kuhn combo. Right, like, right, right. So those are kind of the, where I'm. Where my like the base of my team is. Um, and it's really fluid outside of that. Like you know, I'm gonna have to make a big call about Salah. I will. I will be watching them tomorrow very closely against Porto. If if he looks like his form's back, it's again. You know, we are talking about the double game week in thirty five, and they don't have one. But I mean, at Cardiff, compared to a double game week when one bad fixture for any like like Ericsson, like I, I mean, it's like two two points for for the city game basically or whatever. You know. So there's that, and then the Huddersfield Newcastle Wolves. Like, if he's on form, he could finish up with like 35 points, 45 points in the last five fixtures. Yeah, and, and also just a fun, a, a fun perspective thing is that 
this is the lowest ownership he's ever had. And after wildcard, it'll be even lower. I've, I haven't seen a single team that has him in their wildcard team. So that's kind of cool that he's like potentially a gigantic differential. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I hadn't, I actually hadn't thought about that at all. But so I, I need to make a call on that because you know a lot of things have to move if I'm going to put a 13 million player in midfield. Yeah, yeah. But you know the, the other thing, like it did, kind of get me thinking a little bit more. When we're talking about like Kuhn and captaincy. Like I want to be getting captain options if I'm spending 10 million plus on them, and because I think Kane's going to hog it pretty much for the rest of the season. And I mean, granted, in, in you know, in thirty six, he is home West Ham, which is pretty fucking good, also. Yeah, it's very. So very I, good. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I need to figure out about Mo, and then I mean, I need to see if Kuhn comes out of the fitness. So, so those, that's a big decision. I'll yeah, they, probably, it's only Monday, and there's a lot yeah, of action. There's though. a lot of action. Three teams still play Champions League games. I think Europa League is also bad, back this week, and then so yeah. Yeah, I mean Europa's not going to really matter for me because I'm not looking at any Arsenal players really. So well, I mean, let's just say yeah. Wobi starts and looks really good and like double returns yeah. against Napoli. Or I mean, that's if, like okay, yeah, I mean if Laka or Obs gets hurt, like getting the other one would be right. the easiest yeah, thing of that life. Could be a thing. So yeah, I mean there are things that need to happen and like City play. So so I'll see. But basically, that's kind of like the spine, and you know I'm still definitely looking at the five at the back. So. Probably like a five-two-three, five-three-two kind of hybridy thing. I'll be rotating around the Watford and the Southampton attackers for a bit, and you know the bench was thirty-five looks good, and you know they they both have like pretty good fixtures for the rest of the season in general. So they rotate well. So you know yeah. that that looks like it's a good job to have two and two there. So you know I'm excited about it, but I, there's still a lot of work to be done. I've, I've been playing around a lot, so we'll see. Uh, we'll what do you think? Is there is there any check. like what were you gonna say? Is there anything like I'm totally missing? You're like I can't believe you haven't been doing this, or like that makes sense, or not off the top of my head. I have not obviously been focusing my energy on wildcard because I'm not on it. But I guess the one thing that's like, yeah, it's it's easy enough, and he's cheap enough. Is like I'd probably just have Duffy in. Like I'd probably just have him in as a fifth defender that you're definitely starting in game week 34. You know, that's mm. that's one thing that I feel like is just easy and I'd maybe pay a little bit more attention to single game makers. I mean, I, I like this Salah discussion. I also like, you know, maybe going rogue, like Vardy, it, you know, if there ends up being no like forward you want or you're unhappy with your, you know, cheap midfielder and you go like Tielemans or Maddo or something, I don't think that's bad. I think home Newcastle way West Ham, the way they're playing could be a lot of goals. So yeah, yeah, I'll look at that. No, yeah, I like that. Like That's that. good feedback. That's yeah, good but, feedback. I'll, but I'll we'll see that. how it goes through the week. I'm sure Slack will be just like everyone posting their team every five seconds. Duffy, oh god. Yeah, it's just you know a guy. He's like more expensive than Ryan too, which I'm just like, what? Like, yeah, why I, I, the bones and the goals. Having both is just like, what the actual fuck am I doing? Yeah, no thanks on that. Okay, all right, yeah. Because then the other thing, right? It has to. It really has to buy me something because the 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 price gap between like if I drop a six million defender to Duffy doesn't release like that much money where I'm like great this spot's gonna go f- like this midfielder or attacker is gonna go from like a middling guy who I don't really want to play that much to like a great right, startable right, option. Right. 
I haven't played with it, but I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah, I, there's, I, I that, there's still there. that like vacant hole in the mid price yeah. mids that's just yeah. not even yep. close to being filled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like there's no like seven five midfielder. I'm like he's going to be like that's a great like third mid or something. Like I, there just doesn't exist. So I'm, uh, the last know, the last thing that uh, your wild card. Is, I mean, this is more for everyone else because I know how you are, but. Jimenez is very obviously a fucking standout. Probably should be everyone's first name in their wildcard team I mean, sheet. If you're wildcarding and you don't put Jimenez in shame, you're a fucking dumbest thing of life. Yeah, it's like it's the easiest so... call ever. And he's way better than way better value than anyone in the game and way better than every fucking like Dini shout from here to fuckland, you know? So <laughs> it's it's not not remotely close to being close. Yeah, I might triple cap him in 35. Like, he's that good. So, here we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, a couple new Patreon friends. No, a few new Patreon friends this week. Even more than a couple. Great job by us. Gregory Holt, Samuel Saruya, and Salah Dodger, which I... Wait. Sp- Is Greg Holt the Adam Sandler guy? What Adam, what Adam Sandler guy? Like when they drive the fucking car off the side of the cliff. No. They say his, he says his name. What's that guy's name? No, you what's know, that guy's like, name? Greg Holt. Billy Madison. Uh, I don't remember. Why did I think it was Greg Holt? No, it's not Greg Holt. It, oh, Doyle. Oh, oh Doyle. Oh, Doyle what? rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Not even, that's also not even close to being close. That's like Jimenez. Yeah, that's not even in the vicinity. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> long, oh long pot. I wish O'Doyle was a center back for fucking Brighton. I'd get Brighton, him straight oh. in. I mean, he has all the counties, so that'd be yeah. great. Salad, uh, and the last one, Salad Dodger. I don't think that's his real name. Thank you so much for signing up. Let me slap that fucking ass. Are get- we going to suspend the fees again for the off season? We should do right. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For those who don't know. Last season, maybe we've had new signups since then, et cetera. We're not charging at all complete suspension of all the fees for signing up for our Patreon in the summer months when nothing's going on. So, you know, good what time to Let's, try it out, whatever. Like, like June and July are off, right? Yeah, yeah June, July. Yeah. And then August, yeah. it'll start back up. Yeah. yeah. We've been having a few, a few new friends in there. But yeah, yeah. Nice. We, got some, we got some friends for sure. And it's a tight, it's tight at the top of the fucking mug this this month because people are fucking using chips and like hitting triple caps and flying and wild cards so it's like huge scores at the top which is always fun too Wait, uh, is it a bad job actual that we, we I, I never want to talk about wolves but we did not talk about wolves um, I mean people can go fucking listen to other people about wolves right like, yeah it's I mean it's we've, I think Honestly, we've hit the nail on the fucking head regarding their defense, and everyone that's been like, no, Wolves' defense has been badly punished by their lack of cleans because they're bad. Um, I do think Doherty is a shout. Just still, the attack returns, even though he's expensive, are still there. But Jimenez is really... Jimenez, maybe Jota are really, I think, the only other guys that are worth talking about. And Jimenez, we just said our things about Jimenez. Jota's also been really, really good. Um, he's definitely viable over like all the mid-price guys that you have on your team and are looking at, like a Southampton or Wofford guy. I think Jota's, you know, you could go Jota over any of those guys, and I think it's fine. But there's not much else to talk about. I don't think. Yeah, that was good. 
Good, yeah. good closing point. And closing wolves argument. Ross is just going to, like, on the edge of his seat, like, when are they going to talk about wolves? Like, this is ridiculous. I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any last words? No, this is a good, good job by you. Good job by you, buddy. Good job by you, buddy. Check us out at FMLfield.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLfield. Support us at slash FMLfield. Subscribe, rate, review, and cheer.